everybody. And welcome to Scene Partners Podcast. This is Scene Partners with Chris and Cody. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I was trying to do an office intro. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. That's That's from the office? Yeah, he's like, hello, everybody. (laughs) When he's like prison Mike or something. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you were just chastising me. Well, I just was like, I mean, I guess that's a choice. Hey, you always (laughs) throw me an audible. I can throw you one every day. That's true. Well, at first I was like, is it Kermit the Frog? Is it Fat Albert? I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Mm, Scene partners here. uh, It's kind of like, I guess it's an amalgamation of both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great work. This is my audition for voice acting. I'm just going to keep doing these weird voices. I felt like a really, I, I had a voice acting moment today too because I was helping somebody do a self tape mm-hmm. and in I was like, you know, doing the other lines in the background and I realized <laughs> that like since I was their other, I was like, I think I'm like overworking this material because yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is so fun. Not like, you. Doing never. all these different voices. <laughs> like there was a moment where somebody was supposed to like scream cry in a funny way. I was like, this is so fun. But you know what? That's, I would rather have that than someone who reads deadpan. Off. Yeah. Well, I was trying to explain to them because they're kind of new to all of that. And I, and I was like, you know, cause they, they've only known self tapes, which is kind of crazy. I was like, you know, used to. You had to go into like a casting agency <laughs> and you were with an intern and well, they would give you day. like two to three times that they would film you. Yeah. And then that was it. So they were like, wait, wait. Yeah. It's like, yeah, used to your phone couldn't shoot in 4K. So it wasn't a thing. Yeah, back in the day, we could only text. Yeah. I mean, the world has changed so much. I, I really do love all of this this kind of new form and a sense of it being open for everybody, like this mm-hmm. eco-casting that people are doing. And and to be honest, I feel like I was a major hater of actors' access. In the beginning, I was like, this is such BS. You know, this yeah. is not going to work. And then it, it was, which is another online platform for people, like actors, to kind of find jobs and for, you know, casting agents to help them find jobs. Yeah. Um, but now it seems like everybody is on Actors Access. It's like, oh, yeah. man, I really, uh, I really didn't uh, see that one coming. I remember when we had first signed up for it, when you know the film industry was booming here, and, and it, like, it was brand new. To, yeah, you have to get in right now because this is new. Everybody's going to be using yeah. this in a few years. It was kind of like when people were talking about Google mm-hmm. way back when, and it was like, whatever. This is, and it was like some guy from Canada that yeah. came up with it, and I don't know why I remember this information, but. <laughs> That, you know, you retain weird things. things that you things that you remember. <laughs> but I do like I, I really like that it has gotten to where so many people can have the opportunity. I mean, we've talked about it like I really love this woman on TikTok that does Saturday morning TV. Yeah. And she does voice acting auditions through TikTok for like these dubbed films that she does. Um, and I just think that that's so cool that you have this opportunity but one thing that I've, I've been struggling with lately, and I don't know if you follow this or if it's even important to you in any sort of way, but um, Actors' Equity just announced, I don't know if you know anything about this, uh, but Actors' Equity, the, the Actors' Union, just announced that they are doing basically like, if you have ever been in a professional show anywhere, then you can join the union. Really? Immediately. You can, so like, you, Chris could say, look, I've been paid to act at this company and send them the information or like proof of employment at any point in time, any time. You could have been six and you could join Actors' Equity as long as you pay your like, I don't know what it is, like $1,200. Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. more than that. Your I think fees. When I was, but yeah, so anyone can join. And they're saying that they're getting away with it by saying that it's like, um, I'm, I'm kind of butchering this at the moment and there are other people that know more about this than I do but it is something to do with they're they're saying that it is to do with them trying to I'm sorry I'll stop playing with the with the speaker <laughs> with the, I'm the slowly headphone watching cable. the, the box I'm really sorry go over <laughs> sorry I don't know what I was doing it was like I'm just kind of like you know twirling the phone cord this is like twirling the phone cord when you're a kid um but it, it, they're saying that they're getting they're doing it to get more minority actors, give more minority actors a chance yeah. to be in the union. But so far, I have yet to see anybody post anything super positive about this. Because what I see is 
okay, so now anyone can join because in the past you had to work at an equity company. And I know this is like the, this is probably some of the most boring stuff that we've talked about ever, but you had to um, work at a, and that wasn't a challenge, by the way. <laughs> but I'm sure somebody's going to be like, a second. actually. <laughs> um, but you had to work at an equity company. And when you worked there, that company could either buy your way into the union or you could join the equity membership candidacy, the, which is EMC. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you became an equity membership candidate, every one of your rehearsal hours that you put in for this show resulted like the week's it's not the hours. The, the weeks that you put in mm-hmm. resulted in points. And once you reached a certain number of points, then you either had to join the union or you could decline and uh, start over. But you could only do that once. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. Like, is that gone now? Is there no more EMC? Like, the way that I see it is you would go to equity auditions. If you were an EMC member or if you were equity, equity then you could audition for union shows, which meant that you got benefits and um, you you could, you know, you pass the line of the non-union people. But now it just feels like everybody's going to be it just seems like you're flooding the market all of a sudden. And I know like in my mind, I want to think that it's positive, but I really just think it's because, oh, you have not had anyone paying dues for a year. Yeah. You need cash flow and you're passing it off as trying to do something for minorities when yeah. really it's just self-serving that's exactly what I was and you're say, yeah. flooding the market like what is an equity audition going to look like when all this is over like you're going to show up there it's already you wait forever so what's it going to be like now you're going to be waiting for <laughs> like weeks i don't even i don't even know what the equity line would look like yeah it's 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 kind of it's very skeevy from my perspective it, it, in that like it's just a very veiled attempt to bank upon you know, this social justice movement that we're right. having towards, you know, helping and furthering minority people's careers exactly. in any way. And it's just like, I I can see this a mile away and mm-hmm. I'm not really necessarily as baked into that as maybe you are. Yeah. But it's like... Well, I'm not really baked into it anymore. It's just I've been seeing a lot of my friends were posting about it. And then I got an email from the union that was like... Hey, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. I was like, uh, what? And and you know, if I were someone who had had the points or that, you know, had my equity card and had done all the work to get mm-hmm. it, then yeah, I think I'd probably be very upset too. Yeah, that you almost feel Chris McDowell from the middle of freaking nowhere has been paid to act on well, a couple of shows. Well, you'd have to definitely change your name because I'm I'm sure there's another the Chris, Chris Michael another, experience. Yeah, you'd be the Chris Michael. <laughs> that would be your actual name on your equity card. That would be so amazing. Like Chad Michael Murray, Chris yeah. Michael McDowell. <laughs> That's terrible. That's so good. Well, yeah, I mean, I know, like, I had made so I was I was in the EMC program. And I had made enough points and then had to decline and start over again because I it, it just wasn't right for me. Yeah. And now I feel like people, you know, that, that are younger in the business are going to see this as an opportunity that's going to be really great for them. But in all honesty, joining the union doesn't necessarily mean automatically that this is this like that you're going to get work. Yeah. It does mean that you're going to pay dues. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, like the the dream is to do a show with a company that's going to pay for your equity card because the initial cost is so high and then you maintain the dues. But I mean, I just I I feel like people are going to be end up making this snap judgment decision to join the union and then they're going to end up missing out on the work that they need to do to be prepared to be an equity member. It's almost like you're you start skipping steps, which. I think people should be given the opportunity. I do, but it's all it's just like anything else. You the opportunity should should, you know, present itself when you're ready, mm-hmm. not just because you can now buy your way in. So what I'm what I can see coming down the line though is it's the same as, you know, when currency becomes worthless, you mm-hmm. then find another form of currency basically to yeah. to value these things that you have. So having your equity card eventually is going to be meaningless, mm-hmm. and then they're going to want you to have whatever yeah, the, next the next phase. Thing? So it's it's it, you know so do having you get a like college an equity degree card with a star on it. <laughs> yeah, so like <laughs> having a college degree used member. to mean something. Now you have to have your master's or mm-hmm. your or your doctorate to really 
I mean, excel in your field. Who knows how much more money they could charge for an equity plus membership? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you get the VIP treatment now. Now you get first audition. Here's a fast pass. Yeah. <laughs> like you're getting, a, right. you're getting a fast pass to the front of the line. Sorry, everybody. You're going to have to scoot back. We have a plus member coming in. <laughs> well, it's just, like that pre-check TSA stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you, you can come me, to I not the little, cattle call. I paid a little extra, so I'm not a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> I just like don't understand. That's another thing that I don't understand. But anyway, this has been kind of on my mind, which is, you know, obviously we have not sat down and, and really talked about things. And so I'm yeah, sorry if I was a little weeks, yeah. like scatterbrained about like starting this, but it has been this like equity thing has been kind of weighing on me and I don't know why. I guess just because the world is changing and I, I thought, I mean, the union really hasn't, in all honesty, done much to protect its members through this pandemic. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they essentially just kind of disappeared, I feel like, on everyone. And now they're just grasping to stay alive, which is really sad because, you know, in my experience of doing theater, I, I can tell you doing a non-union show that you're doing in the, like, quote-unquote professional world can be the absolute worst. I mean, you want to feel like the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it's like kind of like you showed up with a lower class ticket to the Titanic. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> look, you're going to be staying in a real crappy place. You're going to drink a lot. And if it floods, you're the first to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, All those third class passages. Yeah, you're, that's, I mean, they clearly look like they were having the most fun, but still they're also the first to die. Yeah. And I've been in a couple of shows like that and it's and worked for some people that were terrible. And since there wasn't an equity you know, equity protection or that oversight, you know, they were allowed to do that. And as a young performer, you just think I'm doing this because this is a stepping stone. Yeah. And so in a way, I could see that it would be nice to to be able to skip that step for some people because things like that just shouldn't happen. But I I just I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like that that's not necessarily going to make that go away. No, it's it's almost <laughs> it's almost as if you're trying to buy your way out of because I know that sometimes community theater can be that way where it's yeah. it's it's very taxing on your time mm -hmm. in that, you know, sometimes you'll show up to a rehearsal and then and you just are never seen. Yeah, yeah. you just basically have your whole time wasted. And it's just mm -hmm. like, OK, I did the work for the pages that I thought we were going over tonight, but we're not. But we're not. And we've been here an hour past when we said we were going to leave, right? And then right. you can make that choice to not work for those people. But you think mm -hmm. that, oh, well, this is a professional group and this is a stepping stone to this next thing, so I no longer have to deal with that. Right. But they're preying upon those people. Exactly, because we're not going to pay you a whole bunch, but we know you want it because you're passionate about it, which I have talked about before. But we know you want it, so you're going you're gonna to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the way it is. And I can say that because I'm coming at it from a position of power. I now remember what I was saying earlier whenever I trailed off and was like, where am I going with this? <laughs> where I was going was I've done those horrible, like, non-union shows. And I've done, like, I've also had good experiences, too. But the bad ones definitely stick in your brain. Yes. Um, and But then going from that and then into doing equity shows, like union-driven shows, where there was oversight and there was making sure, you know, there was an equity stage manager, which... I think was always so smart that the stage manager's union is the exact same union as the actor because then the stage manager is going to look out for the actor. Yeah. I mean, it just is kind of like a, a built-in thing, which is awesome. So it, it just going from that and then having this oversight where even if people wanted to, it, it kind of becomes your choice. You're like, yeah, we could do like we, we will sit down as a cast and vote on what kind of schedule we want to do. If we want to do this many hours in a row with this kind of a break, or if we want to skip a break and do that, but it's up to us, we decide. And then that is how the schedule is planned. I mean, that was an amazing thing because it, it kind of gave you a sense of ownership or power in a seemingly powerless position, yeah. really, which was really, really great. And it ensured that you weren't getting taken advantage of. But I just don't know. Like I, I seeing what equity is doing now, it just kind of worries me. I'm like, oh no, is this this? It feels like the wrong. It just feels like the wrong choice. Oh, absolutely. I'm thinking that if they really wanted to do something for specifically minority performers, then that's what they should have done. Yeah. But 
this is not specific to that. Anybody, anybody gets this. Yeah, when you when you make it sort of the the cattle call there, it's like, oh, you only wanted the money. You just want exactly. your dues. It also doesn't make there be more, you know, uh, racially diverse diverse shows. Yeah, that are being produced or written. If you want to really look at that problem of membership as far as your minorities go then you should look at the things that are being produced and yes. do something about, you know, the people who are writing these plays and the stories that we're telling instead of just constantly doing, you know, revivals of whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Go out there like, and find your... Do we need your... to see a revival of Beauty and the Beast? They were reviving Beauty and the Beast yeah. on Broadway before the pandemic. <laughs> they were, like, workshopping it. I'm like, why? We don't need this again. Like, what are you bringing to it? I don't understand. I do not understand it. Oh, you know what? You just, uh, you were talking about, you know, joining the union and and having your time be, you know, billed in a certain way in your stage manager. It just reminded me of this story. The new um, uh, Michael Bay Ninja Turtles films, uh, the four actors that were the turtles, uh, the the one of the guys. Oh, they got like majorly screwed. Yeah, they man. got majorly screwed because they were billed as voice actors. Mm-hmm. So their time was taken advantage of in that, you know, when it's um, time for everybody to go so they don't have to pay overtime, they shipped out everybody but, but the four turtles. Yeah. And they're all looking at one another like, are you kidding me? We are the named characters mm-hmm. in this film and we're left on this lot for another hour and a half before everyone gets back to even take us home. I mean, you just got to think, what is your, what are you doing to your morale? Like this, this is what I've never understood. And that as that far starts as from the top up go. from the production company but to like, the producers how do down. You not care. Yeah, of course it does. And, but that's what I'm like. How do you not know that morale is everything? You can yeah. have a good, like an amazing film. If everybody is supportive and, and, supporting and it's also you. a show, not just like just a film, but also oh, yeah. theater as well. If, if people are looking out for your best interest, then if, if I'm looking out for someone's best interest, then they're going to look out for mine. Yeah. So of course, if I'm doing a show and I'm like, I want you to succeed so much, that person is then going to look at my show and be like, I want this show to succeed so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels like that's obvious. Is my mic sinking, or am it I just? Is, it is slowly going down. <laughs> I'm like, am I? Is my posture just? Was it that bad? And I'm just now noticing it. Like, <laughs> what in the world? I'm gonna adjust it. Sorry. Squeak, 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 squeak. Okay. I'm gonna, I can cut all of that. Well, not um, now. Not now. <laughs> gonna have to keep it. Um, but uh, Amelia Clark talks about Jason Momoa on the first season of Game of Thrones with oh, such yeah. reverence that he protected her right. on her first major project. Well, you can just, I, I honestly, I, I couldn't put myself in anybody's shoes like that where you are. I mean, I know what it's like just in the theater world working with companies that you revere and you just think, oh, my God, like I when I do a show with them, I will have officially made it. And yeah, you think of this all the time and it's got to be the same thing with film. Like when I like she had an HBO huge yeah. show and she's one of the leads. I mean, that has got to be so much pressure to then kind of like kowtow and be like, yeah, I of course, I'm going to be amenable. Like, I'm yeah. going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that I'm doing what needs to be done instead of protecting yourself. Well, yeah, when you're first starting out, even in theater, you don't feel like you have a say-so. Mm-hmm. And like when you hop on a set and something is not safe and you don't feel safe, but yeah. you're starting out and you're like, I, I guess I'll be up here. Who mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen? can tell you right now, if I don't feel safe, I'm not hopping onto a set. Yeah. But there's a sense of confidence there that, you know, that that I think that you and I can't really understand other people not doing that just because we're coming at it from just like the side of a white boy. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Well, that's true, (laughs) yes. It's like we have that white male confidence in theater of being like, I'm good. (laughs) But but when you first start out, you probably But of course, you want to, yeah. yeah. You want to make sure that you're, you're doing everything that you can to... But what I'm saying is, like, I can't imagine being a woman oh, in abs- that position. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And then you're coming at it like, I I am going to try to assert myself. Because the minute that you do, you, you're going to be seen as... Problematic. A problem. And that's just crazy to me. I just don't... Like, I can't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously a whole lot of issues. And I, I'm sorry that I just jumped into this union talk. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've just been thinking about it a lot. It just kind of seems like the problem isn't being addressed and that they're saying the problem's being addressed in a way to get money. And yeah. that is what's irksome. I'm like, why are you not 
putting your funding or whatever this is to seeking out actual like writers and performers that are doing new works. Yeah, that's what you ought to be searching for. Searching for the Tyler Perry's out there that are putting on these shows for 10 weeks. Yeah. Hoping or, you know, for 10 years. And Tyler Perry's not a part of any union. Well, yeah. But but what I mean is, you know, he the first Medea play, he tried for 10 years Mm -hmm. to get that produced. And now look where he's at now. He stayed diligent. I mean, I'm super happy for him, but I do not want to go to Medea play. I I also (laughs) agree. But I'm just saying that, like, you need to find those people that are out there writing these new things. Yes, of course. And that to back seems up your to point. be the... I'm trying to help you and you're trying to like crap on me a little bit. No, so. I was just crapping on Tyler Perry's <laughs> Medina. I know. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think that that's the answer and that they're going about it all the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But again, I am talking about this as if it affects me and it doesn't. But I just wish that they were doing what... I mean, I, I, I hope that what they're doing is the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah. I just don't feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because I, I think they have the opportunity to really affect some change. And this is a, an amazing time to start over. I mean, they've had a year to think about it. And speaking of a year to think about it. So we've been rehearsing To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. We've made it through. Uh, we've made it through Act One in three days. And I have never done anything that f- I have felt so and this is kind of crazy to say, but I've never done anything that I felt so personally involved in. Yeah. You know, like not as a performer or a producer, but as like a human. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> I have to to really figure out a way to block out my own personal emotions for the show. Just so that we can get through it in any kind of believable <laughs> yeah. way. It's you know, people are delivering these lines and giving these performances already in the blocking rehearsals, and we're all like crying. I yeah, and it's just I I th- I don't know if it's just the release of coming out of all of this, and then now on top of all of that, the fear of possibly going back in. It's kind of like we just like I just got I I feel like we just came back out into the world. Yeah, and now it's like oh. The world wasn't prepared. It's kind of like the Groundhog <laughs> and now Day we've thing. We've got to go right. He saw back. a shadow, so we need you know six more weeks of right <laughs> pandemic lockdown. And you know, there's there there are definitely like some amazing things. I mean, I, I I have that I forgot about just what it's like to be in a rehearsal room and to feel that energy and to just like it's it's almost an audible buzz whenever things are just humming along and it just works and you just know like you. I think there's a moment in every show where the director is is sitting back and you're putting the pieces together and then you finally see the show that's been in your mind, yeah. but you see it in reality now and then you realize that other people are starting to see it too. Like now the visions are all lining up. People are understanding their characters. They're, they're understanding the environment that we've created, the set, the everything, you know, this new world that we have created all together, but also just started off in your brain. Yeah. And now it's coming to life and it's not alive just for you. I mean, it's got to be it's kind of like having a kid, I would imagine, where now this thing is is alive on its own and it's starting to get its own legs and change. Yeah. In ways that are so surprising. I mean, I've been so surprised by the you know, just what people have brought to the table. And I just I god, I hope that I, I, I can't even entertain the thought of us having to go backwards. So then stop putting it out into the universe. I know, but I'm just so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stressed about it. But it is, it is really cool to see that, you know, everybody is sort of honing in on that and they're bringing to life these characters that yeah. are just words or sure there are lines of dialogue and and it's been the this book and it's been made into a play all, all but they're making times. it their own but they're they're like forming these characters mm-hmm. and in, even in, it's just a blocking rehearsal and i know that you know sometimes you're asking for these acting things like oh can you like start to head in this direction yeah and then they just i try run so with hard it. to make sure a blocking rehearsal is a blocking rehearsal and i never yeah succeed <laughs> But, but you kind of you, like you like you're saying though you're you're starting to form this from the ground up and you mm-hmm. want to see sort of the blueprint of your house. Yeah, well, it's really hard not to be, and I think you and I were talking about this in the the car the other day. It's just you don't want to 
it's kind of like a souffle, I guess. You don't want to rush it because you don't get what you want in the end. Yeah. And you need it to be ready. You know, and so it's it's like you want it, you want to give people their time, but also you can see that it's there and so you want it now. Yeah. It's that instant gratification thing. Like I know you can do this. I just want you to leave all that other stuff away and let's, you know, let's let's jump some steps here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just arrive at the conclusion that I know you're going to end up at. Yeah. But can we just put all that other those other personal walls away? <laughs> let's just let's just forget it yeah. and move on, which is clearly not a part of the process, but it's hard because you know that's where it's going and you're like, "Oh, it's just going to be so amazing. I just want to see it now." Mm-hmm. But, you know, with that, there's also been some struggles with this show so far with you know, things that you forget about doing a show that is community driven. Yeah. And we are so fortunate to have so many amazing performers in our show. And giving up their time. Yes. And and I I like try so hard to make sure that we are respecting that and that we are always thinking like that their time comes first. Mm-hmm. Um and if if for some reason we've gone over, then that's that's my fault. I'm now gonna have to readjust the schedule later, but I I can't hold them there forever. You know, yeah. this is I, I told them this is what's going to happen. If if I don't arrive at that at that time stamp or whatever, then that's it. But it's also the like we have a role in this show. And I have been through like three or four actors now. Yeah. <laughs> and I just <laughs> cannot get anyone to commit to it. And I find that and so it's strange. the smallest role. And, you know, I've almost it is. But it's very important. Yes. And I didn't mean to diminish no, no, the value no. of what it no, was. No, I get it, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it is a small role, but it is really important. So I don't want to just put anybody in it. Like I want somebody who's very good. I also had, you know, added some extra stuff onto it and I wanted to do some more things with the role, but I just don't know what to do about that. That like I because I, I feel like a little indignant or what whatever that the word is that I'm looking for for um like I'm offering somebody this chance because I see the show and I all of these you know amazing people that we have in the in the cast and I feel like I have this gift to give to somebody to be a part of this production. Yeah. And so far no one is opening it. <laughs> I'm yeah, like right. I am affording you an experience that you would never ever ever get again. And I just I I can't stop thinking about that. Like why And I know that not not everybody wants this i'm sure nobody not everybody wants to be on stage but you know for the people that we have asked or that have you know agreed to it and then ended up not being able to it's just kind of like oh you have just passed on such an amazing amazing opportunity for Mm -hmm. you and this experience and but how do you say that to somebody i mean it seems like so arrogant It, it is it does come across that way but it's hard to convey that to them when they haven't been at a single rehearsal, they yeah. haven't read the script and like maybe they read the book years ago, it's like, but it's not fresh to them. And it's like, understand mm-hmm. there is something so beautiful happening in the rehearsal hall right now mm-hmm. that when it hits the stage, like I, I'm already having a hard time and I'm not a very emotional person, but I'm already having just a really, really hard time mm-hmm. keeping my eyes dry. I'm blinking well, it's a just, lot. It's a, it it truly is giving somebody the opportunity to have something change them for the better, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I know that, you know, it's going to work out because it has to. And, but it's, it's still, and, and I feel kind of like I'm failing because I can't find somebody who's worth it, <laughs> yeah. you know, worthy of this, of this role in this show. And I like then in turn feel like I'm letting the show and the cast down. Because that's my job. And so that has just been like running through my brain constantly. And I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's going to work out. I know it is. But it, it's still, there's this little bitty piece of my brain that's like, maybe it won't. I think you could definitely take your own advice that you give to me a lot. And it is to let yourself off the hook a little bit about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Well, that's the thing about advice. It's something you give to other people. <laughs> It's a gift. It's not something you receive from yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I get that. But I'm so excited about it. And, you know, we got I, I've just been having so much fun just being creative again. I mean, like we went and 
we trashed our friend Josh's photography studio the other day. Oh, man, dude, it was so bad. I knew it was going to be bad, and I knew I was going to feel bad about it when we left, but I didn't know it was going to be as bad. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say bad, I mean the trash that we brought no, no, into this let's, studio. Let's really paint the picture the here. The photos. He no, just, I'm saying he, the photos are so, and I hope that Josh feels the same way. Josh Candeloro Photography. Um, located on Jackson Street in Alexandria, Louisiana. He just he just like bought literally this place. painted the walls. He painted it the day before. Everything <laughs> is spick and span. It's so beautiful. It's pristine him, in there. Him and his wife are putting these beautiful photos on the wall, and we showed up thirty minutes early because I was nervous about the actors that we were you know yeah. taking our promo shoots with getting there before us, and so I just wanted to be there. And we showed up 30 minutes early, and, you know, apparently I'm just an anxious person now. It's like my superpower. Now? Yeah. Um, and so we showed up early, and I saw him sitting there. I was like, oh, they're not doing much. I'll just go on ahead and see what's going on. And we, and then you can paint the rest of the picture. From my perspective, here's oh, what God. happened. We walk into this beautiful, pristine place, and we have this giant... Well, you had cut up some cedar vines, and you had woven them together, and we thrown them on they a... Were, they were straight up. Tree limbs, limbs, huge tree limbs. And you'd woven them together, and it's, you know, to convey this bird's nest, basically. Eight foot. And eight it's foot long on this nest. massive trailer in the back <laughs> that we, it took three or four of us to get. Because it wouldn't fit in the bed of my truck. <laughs> we took like four of us to get it in the door, and we're squeezing and poking and prodding and cutting to ourselves. To be fair, I got it into the, I got it on the trailer. Yes. But the trash that we left. Outside, uh, it was just kind of like somebody went in there and murdered a million Christmas trees. I I, I felt so bad. I was like, we'll, we're just we'll sweep and we'll send we'll DJ Ruben in later. We'll <laughs> <laughs> we will sweep four days. But you know that's one of the the most amazing. He's going to leave gotta that space about, and still find cedar. Oh, it'll be there forever. I mean the the studio smelled great yeah. afterwards. So. You're welcome, I guess. If, I hope that, that you really like. Yeah, I hope you really like <laughs> the smell of Christmas, because uh, that's now all in here. Um, but it just, it just was. It was so nice. It's so nice to have someone like Josh. Like I feel very fortunate to have surrounded myself with so many amazing, creative, and willing people. Yeah. To just like give something a shot. I mean, I look back in in years past. And just realized that I really was not choosing my friends and the people I surrounded myself wisely. Yeah. And I feel like somewhere around in there, like, say, um, November 24th of 2018, things changed. (laughs) And um, (laughs) when I got married. I would say a little earlier than that. Yeah, it was earlier than that. changed you for the best. Six months earlier than that. um, I just, I I felt like I started making such better decisions. Mm -hmm. And... I think that it. I, I see it, you know, coming to the the fruits of that labor, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. But it's just, you know, people like Josh who are so creative and willing to just jump in and be like, "All right, um, like I was in the backyard trimming trees, and called him and was like, "Dude, I have all these tree limbs, and I think I can make a huge bird's nest." And this is my thought. This is what I think we should do. And I just explained to him what I wanted, and he was like, "That doesn't." sound like a bad idea (laughs) well it is really cool because i watch him work and like it's an art form that i don't fully understand oh i don't get it at all function but he listens to you yeah well that's the most important thing he can interpret what i'm saying and then he executes it with such like flawless yeah just like, like and it doesn't take him long either and i'm just always so amazed you know Working in a creative field because it's all in your brain and yeah. it's something that doesn't exist in the world yet. And you're like, hey, I have this idea and this is kind of what I'm feeling. And then he can then say, oh, right. I think I understand that. And most of the time he understands what I want or what I'm looking for and then changes it to like like this nice little marriage almost yeah. of his ideas and my idea and then creates this like even better thing. And it's always like, Hey, this is what you originally asked for. I think. 
And this is kind of like one, I did one extra of just like my little own spin off of it. And that's always the one that I use. Yeah. It's, it's like always I the one I use. Add your recipe, but I added a little yeah, something to it. Yeah, I like it. put some really good seasoning Here's on some here. paprika. Yeah. It was It was like the, the, the stuff, the layers were there. Yeah. It was just missing this. But it's just, you know, not you can't do that with everybody. No. You cannot do that with everybody. And I feel like I've surrounded, like, we now have such a nice, creative group. I mean, it's the same thing with Christian Godet. I mean, you, I just basically cr- painted a picture of this environment that we we're creating with Mockingbird. And even with him not going to the rehearsals, he has written music. And then whenever I heard the music, I put it in the show where yeah. he initially was thinking it. Yeah, it's And we wonderful. never it's had a beautiful. conversation yeah. about it. Like he was texting me and he was like, "Hey, I sent this." And he was like, "Yeah, man, I just put this one song here." He's like, "Man, that's what it, that's I read that page and that's why I wrote this song." And I was like, "Of course." Yeah. I mean, it's just it's amazing whenever things lock into place so like effortlessly almost. So I do I do want to say like having these things, it almost feels like I can feel that lightning in a bottle effect. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Where everything is coming together in in the way that like you hoped and you envision and you know all the conversations that we've had even when we built you know we built a wall now for yeah. the set and just the way that it looks even mm-hmm. and it's so strange to see these things forming in the way that you're envisioning them right and it's kind of interesting for you too because this is really your first time fully on the other side of the process yeah i'm i'm you know like i'm you're really deep in yeah really on the <laughs> production side i'm never really i've always helped when i could or where right. you asked me to help Rather, uh, but it's it's just seeing it from this perspective when you you have the clay in front of you mm-hmm. and it's on the wheel and yeah. you're about to you know start forming it into the vase or the well the it's it's like a part of it it's a strange thing because it's kind of a part of you in a way mm-hmm. and so it I think that's where that vulnerability comes in as performers and as producers or directors where or just as a creative artist where you are you are literally giving a piece of yourself to this project. Yeah. Which is why I hate it whenever people just do shows that are direct replicas of mm. other people's things. I'm like, what where's the soul in this? That's why yeah. I think sometimes why people go to a show and they're like, I mean, it was fine, but you're not getting that you're not you, you're just not getting that extra oomph, you know? Yeah. Because it doesn't have that piece of them. Because it has a piece of somebody else. And you can't recreate that. And so no. whenever you're creating your own like original thing, I mean, I who knows? Because I haven't seen every single Mockingbird. But I don't think anyone has ever done what we're doing. No. And if not with it's this com- script. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, and it's not that we're we're not adding anything in. I mean, I, I didn't realize when I read the script initially, I was like, man, this is a freaking masterpiece. And then I started blocking it, and I was like, man, this is a freaking problem piece. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so cinematic. You know, I, I playwrights very rarely, it seems like, actually adapt or write things now for the stage. It's like everybody's so cinematically yeah. minded, and so then they end up writing things very episodically. And there are so many moments where with this one, we've had to be supremely creative to come up with transitions because lines happen in one place and then the very next line is in a completely different place. Yeah. And there's no way to get from point A to point B. You're just in point A, but all of a sudden it becomes point B. And so it's like, how did this, whoa, what are you doing? There, there has to be a progression of time somehow. And that is why it's been so awesome having Christian's element of it, yeah. like his talent where it's coming into play where we can create these these nice moments. But I think that the world is so specific that we've created and the environment is so there that I'm just I'm so excited and I just I just want that final piece of this one performer. That's all I want. Yeah. Just one performer. And I want somebody to tell me yes and then really mean it. <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah, I'm interested and then never get back to you. It's basically what's been happening. Yeah. I don't want people to think that you have deemed certain people not. Oh no! Of I mean, it. I haven't like given people the role, and then they've showed up, done a bad job, and I'm like, "You're fired to get out of here. <laughs> you suck." I think you'd you're never gonna say, work in this town. Again. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I let you go. <laughs> I release you back into the world. 
It's what's the thing from Bridesmaids where it's like we have uh, uh, decided to ask you to no longer live with us. No, to no longer. <laughs> we've asked you to no longer. We've excited to. No, we've invited you to no longer live. You. Yeah, that's what it is. I've invited you to no longer be a part of this play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember that for the next time. You know, out of all of my times directing, though, I've never had to actually fire an actor except for once. Really? Where I had to be like, it is not us. It is you. And I am sorry, but you oh, cannot be a part of this anymore. Yes. Yes. I, re- I remember. And that was a really hard thing because it was. It was late in the production, it wasn't was it? It was so late in the production. It was a small role. And I. What was ridiculous is it was a small role, and this person just clearly wasn't in a place in their life where they were okay to deal with this. Yeah. But it was almost kind of like that was creating this poison in the cast where they were resenting this person, and then because they weren't doing what they were supposed to, they didn't know what they were supposed to say. They weren't, you know, we were doing a tech rehearsal at one point, and I called for them to come out onto the stage, and they were not at the theater anymore. They had just were like, I'm, I decided I like, I was kind of hungry and I just, I was tired. So I left. I was like, that is what? And it's not like I've, do you not think that every person in this building isn't also hungry and tired? Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, but I've never had a rehearsal that went over two hours. (laughs) So like you couldn't wait two hours. Wow. Like I, two hours, like that's it. (sighs) <sighs> but anyway, yeah, that and that was rough because personally, I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. It's awkward. I can probably just get away with it. Like, it'll be fine. But then I just it was hard because that was one of those where I have to kind of swallow that and just be like, all right, I'm going to do what's best for the show. This person is going to hate me. I'm going to look like a jerk. But in reality, I'm here to look out for the show's best interest. Yeah. And, you know, if that's what I got to do Well, with any job, though, y- you are technically, you know, the boss in, yeah. in that in that regard. And it's like if you continue to leave and not show up and not do your job and not do right. the task that we've asked you to do yeah. as a part of your job that you signed a form mm. for, then I'm gonna have to let you go. Well, and it's not it's not because like I because for the person you're like, I want them to be able to do this so they know they can do it and have the experience and yada yada yada. But it's also like you are now you are now jeopardizing this for everyone else. Yeah. And and that's unfair. That is not fair. And that is not what they signed up for. And since you're jeopardizing the experience, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, you know, when, when you have some cancer on your skin, you got to cut it off. That's right. You can't leave it there and just ignore it because it's going to get worse. And that's what that was. It was just infecting the show. And I imagine that you felt... Like hitting a pressure relief valve almost. Well, when it was all done. I mean, oh my gosh, the next day even with the performers, everybody showed up and it was like a weight had been lifted. And it's sad because, you know, this person, it probably would have done them some good to be able to be in the show to see it all the way through. But it just, it just wasn't, they were not in the right part point in their life. Yeah you know, in their personal life to be able to deal with, with it. And they needed to, you know, figure out who they were and, you know, where they fit in the world and then come back. Yeah. Instead of figuring that out on our time. Because that was affecting the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like, you do this for you. Did I did I ramble on for too long? No, no, no. That, that's actually a really good point. You know, because we try to, in directing Mockingbird, we try to yeah. be respectful of people's time. And um, you want that same respect to be given. See, it, it kind of ties back into your your point about the equity thing. Like you want, I don't understand how bosses or companies or equity companies even, you know, these people are taking care of you. Without them, you don't exist. Yeah, you have to have them. And you have to. I don't or understand. You're a movie like you don't take care of the people that take care of you mentality. Yeah. And it is just like you you want to crap on these people, but also when they're crapping on you though, in return, it's like, okay. No, well, you're a it's poison. Like this weird power struggle thing where I that I found in the in the theater where you have certain producers or directors and they feel like what they are offering is is like oxygen. Yeah, you know, and it's it's not. I mean, there is always another theater company. Yep, and there's always another place. And if there's not, 
you can go and do a show by yourself. Yeah. In you your backyard. I mean, basically create it. You can, you can Start be your own creator, you know? And I just feel like you, it, it's such a, it, it's kind of like a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? You're devouring yourself. And you, when you put your, when you place yourself on such a level of importance, I mean, I know that I'm saying this after saying I just can't find somebody to give this gift to, but <laughs> I mean, I feel like that that's so different because I'm I'm wanting to give them this experience. Like I've I hold that such value in what the actors that are in our show have created, yeah, and the people that we have, and just knowing that it's such a beautiful family of a show. And you know what? That that to, would be a treasure to be a part of for me. To so I would further just, you know, your point there is, we went and saw a show today with one of our performers that has. You know, not been able to right. make it to rehearsal, but she is so excited. She's so excited, she's like ecstatic, and and is just ready to rock and roll mm-hmm. and be a part of this show. And she's had none of her blocking so yet. So good, but and it's also like she's really perfect for the part. Well, and yes. that was like exciting watching the show today. I was like, oh man, she's gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to have that that sort of mm-hmm. emphasis already, yeah, she's already ready and available, and an emotional investment too, in the same way that maybe yes. we are. And and I'm I'm, I'm trying to not let you feel like such an arrogant jerk here because you are you are valid in thinking that well it's not that i i just think that you know i hold such value in being able to do this and i know the effect because i've seen it on people whenever they can come in and actually like do a show you know that something that something new that they've never done before and for somebody for this to be their first experience being able to work with actors that are this good and this prepared and available and just generous like very very generous cast as far as listening and giving everybody their moment Mm -hmm. i mean it's that doesn't come around very often i mean a lot of times people want to be the star no matter who they are yeah when it comes and you can always tell too those people whenever they're taking their bow because no matter what order they're in (laughs) yeah you could just like i don't know what it is but you can look at their face and be like oh they're the star (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in their mind. In their yeah, in the, in their mind. But it's like, oh, they they were up on stage by themselves today. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, and really, you can see that in this in the staging. Well, but you you definitely know it, like from watching the show. But it's when you see that bow, you're absolutely just, right. I've seen it a thousand times. It's just everything. Just the whole. Like, Honey, just, you delivered one line all night. <laughs> you like, were not the star. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it is it is that would be an interesting science to study all the different types of. Like personalities or like like where people are on what their Enneagram and then the ways that they bow. (laughs) Everyone is a type seven. Yeah. Um, But it's just I I, I don't know. I'm just really I'm I'm pumped about it. I want it to happen. And it's it's going to happen even if it's underneath an oak tree in our backyard. Yeah. That was one of those moments where we trailed off for a second. I forgot what the point was that I was making initially. I just. Picked a conclusion. <laughs> All right. Well, in concluding things. Like speaking think, of picking uh, conclusions. Yeah, I think uh, Lexi's about to be home with some food for us. Yeah. Um, people are going to really think that all we do is just nothing, and then she's slaving away making food for us, and that would not be However, inaccurate. it is her love language it to is cook. 100%. Yeah, because she- I've seen her get really mad at me when I was like, I look, I, I had like a big lunch. Oh, you don't want my food? Start well, throwing plates back into the cabinet. I'm I'm so sorry. I will eat from now on every time. That's why we had to get plastic cookware. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good thing she doesn't listen to this anymore. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> well, I think that this new two-week thing is actually going to work because I did have some people say, hey, I missed the show this week. Yeah. like, well, I'm glad. Is we're going to come back next week. Creating a need or a yeah. desire. Instead of, oh, I'm so far behind. You yeah, guys are there's too many. cranking this stuff out too yeah. much. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about it. Even though, like, it was crazy busy to try to figure out, even with doing this in two weeks, can you imagine if we would have done it differently? Oh, yeah, we, we would have not been able to do it. You want to talk week. about taking care of yourself. Like, this was our moment. Mm-hmm. This was our Simone Biles moment. It was, yeah, it was, de- it was basically looking at everything that was, it, we had to stop something. Well, and it's just... I love this so much, like being able to sit back here and do this. And and I I don't want it to become something that that we have to like. Yeah, we hate because to, we feel like, like we have dread. to do. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, we have to do this. Let's just get it done. Because 
when you get into that mode, you're not going to give a good product. Well, you know, you say this all the time when people say, well, I have to do this or I have to do that or whatever. You always say you get to. Yeah, you get to. And we get to do this. And we I'm do, trying 100%. to start implying that mentality into everything that we do. And I think that's a really good lesson. Like we get to do the things that we do. Yes, we do. Because we, we, you, have, you have autonomy over what you decide. Yes. Like you, you can say, I'm not going to do this right. I am going to do this. And, you know, we are very fortunate to be able to have the equipment that we have. And to be able to sit back here in this room and talk about something that we love. Yeah. And now, hopefully, to talk about it and then also be in practice of doing it is huge. Yes. I mean, that's like such a, a, a massive a massive joy. And you don't want it to become anything other than that. And yeah. I think that can be kind of hard for people whenever they take things they're passionate about and then they start making money on it. Yeah. And that I found it's it's like oh like you see people do this all the time. They're, everybody's opening an Etsy shop constantly. Like look, I <laughs> yeah. love to do this. I love it. Like this is a great stress relief. Um, and then somebody's like, hey, I love, I like that. Can I buy it? Like sure. Now I'm gonna make five hundred of them, and I'm gonna sell them like crazy. And now I hate doing it. Yeah. Like why did you? Yeah, we I could see this very easily becoming something that we hated to do because we felt like. All right, we're going to let people down, but yeah. I think going to this, you know, bi-weekly mm-hmm. uh, format, and I'll admit openly and that I'm uh, wrong. Oh! I was wrong. It you is were. bi-weekly. I looked it up, but I thought the implication was there, but I did want to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> also, I was wrong about the iron lung, but I'm also no <laughs> medical scientist. My mom came at you so hard for that yeah. one. But all that to say, like, I don't want, you know, this to become something that we we hated or felt like we just had to throw out a product and it became meaningless to us well i think whenever something creative becomes a job then it's not creative is well that's my mentality if i ever feel like it's a job to me then i don't want to do something i mean there has been plenty of times i've been in a show that it has become a job and it has been a terrible show yeah a terrible experience and it's just you don't want that to happen. I mean, that's just not a good place to be. In Let me tell you, it's a great place. effort to get through this. I do not want to go through it again. <laughs> it's also just not. It's not. A, it's not any sort of way that you can create in the best way possible. Yeah, and that's what I think it is. You know, you were saying the thing earlier, and I really do think that words are power. I tell this to the kids I teach all the time. Yeah. Whenever I say we're going to do this, and they're like, "Oh no, I don't want to do that." And I'm like, "Oh, you don't want to do it? Then sit out." Oh wait, no, I actually do. I do want to do it. Like, oh, well, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> no, you said you didn't want to do it. Words are power. You're sitting out, and they're like, <gasps> "Like, no, you have to think about what you say." I mean, yeah. it, it's true, and it is crazy what it does to you psychologically. I know that we're going kind of over our time, but it, it but is it, crazy it, it what is, it does to your mental state. Yeah, it's us putting into practice what we always say about being iterative. Yes, exactly, and that's important. Mm-hmm. along with the power of words and that we get to do this. Right. So um, is that it for you? That's it for me. Okay. Well, uh, do you got anything funny you want to tell anyone? Or uh, we start with a laugh most of the time. Do you want to end with a laugh? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> That's all I got. That was, <laughs> that was so rough. And that was Cody. And that was rough. Coming to fruition. Fruition. Dumpter. Dumpter.